Welcome to the Sunday Puncher Podcast, the premier boxing podcast hosted by Angelo, featuring my pal here, Lex. Each week, we bring you in-depth analysis and discussions on the latest fights, news, and developments in the world of boxing. Whether you're a hardcore fan or just a casual follower of the sport, we've got you covered. We got expert insights. We got compelling interviews with some of the biggest names in the business. Join us every Sunday night, Monday morning for a jam-packed episode of the Sunday Puncher podcast. You know, I just read there's this chat GPT AI bot where you ask it for stuff and it will like give it to you. And it wrote me an introduction for the podcast. All I did is I type out, write an introduction for a boxing podcast called Sunday Puncher with Angelo and Lex. Because as you know, I fail with our introduction just about every single week. That's what it gave me. How'd you like that? I say that was pretty smooth. That was pretty smooth. Hey, this is the future. We're just going to type in the questions for the podcast each week and let the AI generate the takes. And that'll be the pod. Uh <laughs> Lex, we've, it's been a while. We have not done a podcast in a while. I think both of you and I have been a little preoccupied. Uh, I got sick. And then, um, and then, you know what sucks is I got sick. And then I don't know how it happened. But like my wrist has been really messed up for like two weeks. Now, it wasn't that, people. Come on, get it together. Um, <laughs> but like I, I could not rotate my wrist in certain ways. It's uh, that, It's getting better, but still... There's there are ways that it hurts, but anyway, um, how you been? Life is good, man. No complaints. Boxing has been kind of letting me down recently, but you know, life goes on. You find other hobbies, other ways to fill your time. You fill are, your Saturday night. Are you saying that maybe you could possibly be falling out of love with the sport? Hmm. I don't go that far because I will always love boxing, but I will say I'm disappointed in like everyone in the sport right now. Um, I, 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 I get what you're saying. You know, it's actually an interesting uh, topic because I feel like a lot of our pals have drifted from the sport. And I'm talking about, you know, people you and I both know that we won't name. But um, largely, I think like the schedule has been so light and the fights have not been great in the last quarter, two quarters of the year almost, that... You know, boxing is kind of is a little down right now, but I got high hopes for 2023. And so, um, but let's start off with what happened real quick. Wait, 2023 should be excellent. But what what's bothering me now is like, I like boxing for me is turning way too gossipy right now. I'm like, I'm very not much a gossipy guy. I don't like it. And uh, all the gossip and like, online bickering and cloud chasing and like fake fight it's just a major turn off major 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 you know i feel like so i one i understand what you're saying um i i feel that way too but on the other hand because i i've actually been thinking about that like in the absence of news because there hasn't been a lot of news you know we don't know too many fights next year that are going to be happening there's a lot of our fighters or a lot of fighters that we like that we're fans of maybe even fighters that you don't like, but there are many of them who you don't quite know for sure what their next move is, whether it be Canelo, Errol Spence, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, the list goes on. We don't really know much of what's happening with these guys. 
You know, is Lomachenko going to fight Devin Haney? Can they get that done? What's Shakur going to do? A lot of guys out there not quite sure what's on the horizon. And I feel like we have no news really on all of this stuff. But the thing that's tricky about it is that because we don't have any news, what does become news? And it's what they post on social media. And so people are going crazy with like, oh, well, he said this and he said that on social media. And it really feels like boxing, following boxing right now is just a series of directed tweets from, you know, whoever, whether it be fighter or promoter about other people in the sport. And it's like not, it's usually not even conducive to like anything happening really. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think there's one, there's one major thing that you left out that you'd only know if you've been around boxing for a while. Like I would love box rec Bray's opinion on this, but for my time in boxing, you know, there's been Facebook groups, forums, Reddit. Um, you know, th- that's usually been like the congreg, the place that fans congregated. So boxing Twitter has kind of like flipped the whole experience on its head because there's never been like a concentrated place where you have fans, emerging media members, movers and shakers in the industry all kind of meet up in one place to discuss the sport. And, you know, I I would prefer the fighters that I like not to engage because it's like boxing Twitter is, is a cesspool of foolishness. There's nothing that comes out of it. But like I can I I can totally understand the temptation being that like you have guys who do interviews with fighters and they get retweeted. And you have people commenting on them and calling the the fighters the this and that. And like, you know, when you're in that position, sometimes you want to say something. And I, I just wish that fighters were more careful about engaging because a lot of it is, is it's like foolishness. Well, like when I see there's, there's, I don't I'm not going to give like the people I hate the most any attention, but there's a few people on boxing Twitter that I like truly hate. And I see fighters like replying to them and quote tweeting them. I'm just like, yo, like what? Like Tank has done it a couple of times in the past few days. I'm just like, bro, like you're a millionaire. You have a a tough fight coming up. You should be in camp. You should be locked in. And you're like engaging with the lowest level like material there is on the internet. Like, what are you doing? You could like, he could be on like the, whatever you consider the best podcast, he could probably get an appearance on it. Whether you think it's like Steven Jackson, and Matt Barnes, the barbershop with LeBron, Gilly the Kids podcast, the uh, Pivot podcast, whatever is DJ Vlad, whatever is the best media thing, he can get there. But instead, he's on Twitter engaging with like insert your favorite Twitter clown, and it's just, it's just disappointing to me. So, this is something that I thought about um, actually this week, and I had a conversation with somebody. I guess it's a tangential point to what you're making, but it reminds me of this point that Twitter has evolved and social media has kind of evolved to the point where like there's a balance now where Tank directly tweeting and then, um, you know, take random fighter, uh, I don't know, Terrence Crawford. Um, you know, you take two different fighters, one tweets 
or interacts with Twitter people. And then the other person goes and does an article with a traditional boxing sports outlet, which actually works more to enhance the fighter's profile. In the past, it would be clear what it was. And there's a reason why certain people got paid to be, you know, writers or whatever is because of the platform that they provided, which brought so much to people who, you know, like fighters who would get the opportunity to be like written about. We're at the point where I don't know what the answer is. And it just depends case by case. And so like on on one hand, I understand what you're saying, but because, you know, I am annoyed by it as well. But on the other hand, this seems to be one of the more effective new age ways to promote yourself. Well, like, yo, no, no, no. Like while while I will say no, the boxing Twitter person has more clout than the journalist because a lot of the journalists that have a platform now, they they just they, it's not compelling content. And I, I will tell that to media members I don't like, not that I talk to any of these people, and I'll tell it to people I do like, like like Jake Donovan. Me and him communicate every once in a while in, in the DMs, and that's my guy. But like like yo we we got to be more compelling we got to figure out how to tap into these fighters and like get things out of them that's exciting like a lot of like what you see on boxing scene it, it's just like it's very cut and dry and it's just like it's like nah, like that's all right i but mean when you see when you see guys on boxing twitter it's like you you get to really see their personality they're talking trash they're, they're being like <laughs> themselves and and i think like that's compelling now on the flip side though the reason i don't like that is because if you're just say like a top 20, not even top 20. If you're a top 10 most popular fighter in the sport, your Tank, your Ryan, your Fury, your Wilder, your AJ, um, your Errol Spence, your Terrence Crawford, these are like some of the more popular guys. You don't need boxing Twitter. You could go, do- like Ryan was on fu- fucking Sports Center the day the Tank Ryan shit was announced. And it was extremely premature and unnecessary. And I think his PR team was kind of out of pocket for doing it. But it was still like for him to still get there, it's great. And like that is what guys need to like tap into. What is boxing Twitter's for what? Like you want to be famous and make money. Boxing Twitter is not the place for that to happen. Well, I mean, you're pointing to a much bigger issue. What that kind of scales, though, is, uh, you know, can anybody make money off of Twitter? Because Twitter can't even do it. So anyway, we'll we'll That's table funny. that because I think there's a much larger conversation to be had really about like the concept of promotion um, in this day and age, especially as we're heading into a new year and looking at the, you know, reflecting on another year past and how the sport has either ascended or descended in terms of like, I mean, it's stupid to say this, but like it's like journey towards, you know, mainstream acceptance, which I think we're all clear it's never going to happen. But anyway, a um, lot to talk about today. I want to talk about there's a new major player potentially joining boxing, and this could rock the boxing world. Uh, but I'll get to that in just a bit. Um, we'll talk about the Roman Gonzalez, Juan Francisco Ashada. Did we have another controversial decision but first let's talk about tyson fury returning to the ring defending the heavyweight title against Derek chisora for the third time lex if i would have asked you before the fight how do you think this one's gonna go what would you have said fury and 
like like five or six. Really? For sure. You you know, I a lot of in the betting line kind of reflected that too. But heading into the fight, I wasn't confident Fury was gonna stop Chizora. And my reason for that was I feel like Fury is just gonna do what he does. And Fury doesn't fight to knock dudes out. You know, he he's a big guy and it will come uh if you let him hit you enough for sure. But Fury's not a guy that's going to take stupid risks. He's and Chizora's a guy that does throw a lot of kind of wild shots that I mean he hasn't really shown to have like be like this murderous puncher, but I don't know, you don't want to get hit by by another heavyweight. And I was like Fury's probably going to coast to another decision. It seemed like that's the outcome that's sliding under the radar. And it almost happened. Fury was certainly not he was not fighting to like put Chizora out with one shot. But the accumulation of punches, Chizora just could not hold up. And the referee stepped in, stopped the fight, um, and Fury got the stoppage victory. There was a whole thing after the fight about potentially Fury fighting Usyk and then Joe Joyce as well. Um, well, and, and I will say that both Joe Joyce and Usyk were sitting ringside and neither looked particularly uh, entertained by what they saw in the ring because, I mean, it largely was a very one-sided fight um, between uh, Fury and Chisora. But, um, so yeah, for you, where, what is the move you think Fury is going to make here? I don't know. I've given up on like predicting Fury moves. It's like anything could happen. I mean, I feel like the obvious pick is Usyk. I'll go with Usyk, but nothing would surprise me with Fury. You know, like he may end up in Dubai fighting like Daniel Dubois or something like that. Like he's a complete, just a grab bag of decision making. You never know what's, he's a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with Fury. But no, but I, if I had to, you know, place my bet on something, it would be Usyk. Yeah, I, I feel like they are trying to line that fight up. And I don't, but I, the thing is, I don't know what Fury's doing with the Joe Joyce thing. I don't know if maybe they might be somewhat friends behind the scene and Fury's trying to um, kind of like include him. Um as a way to like help Joe Joyce's profile because Joe Joyce is like 36 years old and still not quite, um, you know, he hasn't really broken through. He's a, known by mostly hardcores, but like outside of that, nobody really knows Joe Joyce, even though you should, um, at a very minimum, he's at least an entertaining fighter. So no, Joe Joyce, as long as he's active, he'll time, his time will come because like one thing, as much as I hate the UK in general, especially their boxing <laughs> scene, one thing I will give them credit for is like they just will show up for a fighter, like good or bad. Joe Joyce just has to stay busy. And as long as he's busy and fighting on the right platform, like there will be fans. So he just, you know, a couple more fights, he'll get there. Um, and I, I just think as far as like what he's doing for Joyce, if you're just loves the spectacle, he just loves to be around people and scream and be ridiculous get attention, say little jokes that, you know, get on Instagram and get on Twitter. That's what he, 
you know, that's his thing. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're right there. Um, and, and, like, that does sum up basically the entire event, really, because the way Fury fought, he fought basically like he knew Chizora wasn't really going to pose a threat. I mean, there were times in the fight where he... Um, and, and I'm not saying that he wasn't, but he didn't look focused. And that's largely because it's kind of like um, when you know you're fully in control, you can take your eyes off. Uh, you know, you can take your eyes off and and like look elsewhere because you just know like you're locked in. And you let, know- let, me, let me put in a, a, a quick disclaimer, because like I'm not being truthful in some ways. I think Fury's a big cheater. randomly on steroids i think if you took the steroids away from him he would be an awful boxer because he doesn't have the mental fortitude to be focused and committed especially if you go by andre ward's 10 boxing commandments or whatever it was which i really actually thought was a legit tweet anyone that's curious about what i'm talking about go back and look that up it was a great tweet by andre ward who i also think is a major bozo but um (laughs) i just want to put out there i think fury is trash trash human good fighter not great fighter great cheater much better cheater than he is a fighter now with that said let's continue <laughs> let's just had to get that out there uh, for the record um fury may or may not be a cheater um well he's got caught before he's a cheater well i was gonna say right now but he's still on see he was he was come on he had pictures with the same dude that ben was working with and the guy was like yeah he's my biggest client come on man i'm all i'm gonna say is that he didn't need him for Chizora, that's for sure. Who knows what he needed for Chizora? Oh, 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 no, no, no. Actually, you know what? Chizora's on drugs, too. And I, I was going to say to start the, like, discussion about the fight, Chizora, in my opinion, in boxing years, is, like, geriatric. Oh, he, for sure. He's, like, one of those guys that looks like he's, like, one devastating punch away from, like, being a vegetable. And, no. and that's why I picked fury by like fifth or sixth round stoppage i just don't i I haven't liked how chisora has looked for a very long time and i thought you know fury might put it on him a little bit pause but um again we don't know what like one fight fury has shit in his gloves next fight he's doing steroids next fight drugging people or getting drugged i mean who knows what's going on with fury anyway um so for one, I do think Chizora is like really shop worn. Um, in a, there was a picture that came out of from him in sparring, and he just looked awful. And um, you know, so like, Chizora is a guy with you know I think double digit losses at this point, who's made a career out of like getting himself into these fights, but also being pretty sturdy even in defeat uh the fight just never made sense though because like even if you you know think whatever you think of fury whether you're on the low end of fury with lex thinking that he's a good fighter and not great or you're a big fan of fury you just knew that like a a a less experienced younger version of fury was able to effectively win every single round of their first two fights together didn't he win one by a split decision or something like that? Um, I don't think so. What? Hold on, why did I think that? Let me double check that. No, 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 Fury, no version of Chizora beats Fury 
even uh, even though I think Fury is like good but not great, he's still like levels above Chisora. No, you're so the fight you're probably thinking of is John McDermott, which oh, is the yeah, yeah. fight that Fury had in 2009. If you've ever seen it and you score it, there's really no way you can score for Fury. Um, and if you actually look into it, the referee who scored the fight is one of those British fights where the referee scores. The referee had beef with uh, John McDermott's, I think it was his dad. His dad had beat up Terry O'Connor when they were both fighters. And so this dude turned in uh, a real home-cooked um, decision for Tyson Fury, which should have been the first loss of his career. Um, you know, one thing that's crazy about the heavyweight division is like, uh, if you're, if unless the dis- the matchmaking is like hyper cautious, yo, dudes can get clipped, man. Like we saw, we saw what happened with Dubois. That shit was crazy. Fury, you know, could have lost that fight. I think Wilder had a fight where they said he got like a twenty count <laughs> or some shit like that. Wilder got a twenty count. So I'm like, supposedly he got hurt pretty bad. I mean, he like managed to knock the dude out, but uh, <clears throat> so. But the thing is, like, and this is why it, it makes me laugh when people complain about, like, decisions on the on the big stage. And it's like, look, largely, if the sport is as corrupt as you say, it wouldn't happen at this level. Where it probably does happen, and I'm pretty confident that it does, actually, is in the lower levels when no one where no one's really paying attention. Because that's when you can get away with the most stuff. I mean, there's the rumor that Devin Haney had a loss erased from his resume when he was, you know, underage fighting in Mexico, stuff like that. Um, Another one. <laughs> if you follow Tim Boxale, occasionally you see dudes taking dives, uh, you know, around the world in these club shows. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how we got on. Oh, yeah, I know how we got here. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know what is really interesting to me? that I was thinking of is, and and I'm not advocating for this whatsoever, but I just think it's an interesting phenomenon. So Fury's potential opponents are Usyk, potentially Joe Joyce. I mean, this dude's throwing out Wilder's name again. Um, and realistically, like if you're just doing the math here, Wilder could find himself in contention to fight Rui, or not Ruiz, Fury very quickly through sanctioning body stuff, okay? Now, Daniel Dubois fought on the undercard in a very entertaining, but with kind of like a, eh, it was a kind of a shitty finish, but it was a very entertaining three-round fight with um, Lorena. Now, Daniel Dubois is the WBA heavyweight champion. Now, why isn't Daniel Dubois' name brought up as a potential opponent for Tyson Fury? And I feel like, and I don't know, maybe you guys disagree with me, but I feel like everyone acknowledges that Daniel Dubois is like the junior champion. And while he may hold a title, no one actually gives this guy the respect as being somebody who holds a fucking real title. And I I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, wait a second, like Daniel Dubois is a champion. Like, why aren't we calling for the consolidation of titles? They do it for, you know, Terrence Crawford needs to fight, or not Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence needs to fight Stan Yonis to consolidate the titles. 
or Canelo needs to fight David Morrell to consolidate the titles. But the fight least discussed is Fury versus Dubois. We know why that. <laughs> no, know I, I, no it, it's because no one takes Daniel Dubois seriously. And, and, and largely. But even, no, no, but wait, 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 wait. Even if, even if Fury, I'm sorry, even if it wasn't Dubois, say it was like, like who's like respect? Like say it was Frank Martin. Uh, not Frank Martin, Frank Sanchez. Mm. It, it, it would be the same treatment. The thing with boxing, it's just like the story of inconsistency, man. Like people pick and choose who has to do these like, oh, fight the like junior guy. Like Arrow has to fight the junior guy because like people don't want to see Arrow shine, to be honest, or PBC shine. But like, let it be Fury. Nah, nah, nah. Fury don't have to do that. We want undisputed. We we want to see Fury versus Usyk or Fury versus Joshua. It's just you know standard, standard boxing inconsistency. Tom, we, like what do you think? Tom Gray will say, Tom Gray, nah, he don't have to fight Dubois. No, I don't. I don't know what that weirdo would say. We know what he would say. Um, I know what he would say. You know what he would say. That, that, that's, a, that's a strange individual. I can't. I can't predict that dude. Um, <laughs> post a post a Stephen Day mental illness. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, um. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, I think the Usyk fight is going to happen. I, like, I, I actually. So the thing about it is, I don't know why that fight wouldn't happen. Um, because for both of those guys, and for the heavyweight division. I feel like that is probably going to be the most lucrative fight that like because Fury's not going to make the Joshua fight. And the reason why he's not is because he won't be they will not allow him to make that fight. He like Fury wants the Joshua fight and he tried to do it instead of Chisora. And Matchroom was the one that said no. Rightly so, because Anthony Joshua, their cash cow, um, might need a tune-up or two after taking those two straight losses to Usyk. And so why not put Fury on the shelf and let Joshua make sure that he still remembers how to box before you go after it. So that fight's just not going to happen. So outside of that, a fourth Wilder fight, I mean, I think it still would be pretty lucrative, but like at this point, we don't need to see it um, unless Wilder like sleeps a few more guys and it's like oh all right well maybe Deontay's figure something out here so for Fury the only fight that really makes sense and makes a lot of money is Usyk and I've been wrong nah, before Wilder, no 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 wait wait Wilder versus Wilder versus Fury is still if if you had to go biggest fights in in heavyweight boxing I will put Wilder versus Usyk, uh, Wilder versus Fury, above Fury versus Usyk. It's crazy mm, as that sounds. I, I don't and know. And this is not this is not biased, right? So if you do Fury versus Usyk, it's likely going to be in the UK, right? It'd be a big fight in the UK, but you know what would be bigger in the UK? Fury versus Wilder. You know what would be bigger in America than Fury versus Usyk? Fury versus Wilder four. You know why? They have serious bad blood. And every time they've gotten in the ring, just crazy shit has happened. Well, Fury versus Usyk it will not be crazy. Like, Fury not, Usyk is not going to stop Fury or drop them. Um, well, I mean, 
outcome aside, who knows? Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with it. I think um, right now, Wilder's got to get a couple more wins before that Fury fight got people like it gets the fire going again. Right now, little flame. I think that those two dudes would still draw money, no doubt. I mean, they're they're, they're still big names, but. I think the Usyk fight can be big. Um, I mean, the Joshua fight is the biggest fight for for Fury. Unfortunately, Anthony Joshua lost, and uh, they need to get him some tune-ups. And that's the right thing to do. It really is. I mean, you see, uh, <laughs> it frequently happens where you see guys um, take tune-ups before their big fights. I just want to say also that just because something seems logical in boxing, you know, in this case, I'm saying Fury fighting Usyk is the logical move, and it seems like that is the only move for them to make. That doesn't always mean it's going to happen. I just want to say that. You know, we were proven wrong with Spence and Crawford. Seemed logical that there was no one left for these guys to fight um, that really would, you know, offset the purse. But uh, Terrence Crawford had other plans. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I mentioned Dubois. Dubois had that fight with Lorena on the undercard. It was pretty fun for the three rounds that it happened. Interesting refereeing that was on display there. Dubois dropped three times in the first round, scored uh, a couple of knockdowns in the last round before the referee like just was like, you know what, I've seen enough, and stopped it after Lorena had like fallen into the ropes. Um. So yeah, there was that. Okay, in the evening. Wait, wait, real quick, real quick, real quick. Answer me this, right? Because like, there was not really much to say about Fury, uh, Chisora, and Fury's future options. Just because he's like, hit, hit. the whole thing around Fury is super unpredictable. Where do you think the larger boxing like fanhood is with Fury right now? Like, let's let's exclude writers from this because like writers have their obvious biases. Like, do you think people are Happy with Fury, unhappy with Fury, wish he lost, wants to see him continue. Like where like what do you what are you seeing? Wait, what so what is the question? Okay, so I'm seeing I'll I'll tell you what I'm seeing and it'll help you, I think, with the question. I've seen a lot of people who are just like, I'm sick of Fury again. Like it's so annoying yeah. that he's in position, and and I I don't want to like make that sound like everyone is saying that because it's not everyone. But are like, what do you like? What are you seeing? Yeah. So somebody else. So a few weeks ago, somebody else far more objective about Fury than you. They asked me a very similar question. They're like, "How do you think people feel about Fury right now?" And this was about. Um, I I think it was you know, because of the Joshua fight fell apart. And to me personally, like, I feel like Fury for once, he wasn't trying to play games through the, through the media. Well, I guess he was, but he was playing it from a complete position of power. And I think he made Matchroom look weak by calling their bluff on the, on the Joshua fight. And then all of a sudden it mysteriously falls apart. Then he takes a matchroom guy in Chisora and fights him on another platform. That, that to me was like all really good work from Fury. But I think the fan base is a little fed up because 
he fought, he's fighting a guy that they don't want to see him fight. There are clear options available that are better than the guy that he's fighting. You know, it sounds a little similar to Terrence Crawford. And he's not making this stuff happen. So I, I think Fury has lost a bit from the decision. And also, like, to blue ball people when you're talking about Joshua and, like, a lot of the the, the reporting was that things were positive heading into that. And then it just all falls apart and we're stuck with Derek Chisora. I think a lot of people are not happy with Fury, but you know, we're doing the, you know, what do we think people think? How, how, I don't know. You know, I may be wrong, but that's how it seems to, to me. Like I don't see as much, I don't know if I'm seeing as much of like the Fury, um, I don't know, like the Fury defense. I don't see that as much as I used to. I would agree. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, <clears throat> I think people are at the point with Fury and like this, the the, the, the titles where it's like, look, the, the fight we want to see is obvious. Um, you've already fought Wilder. You're not going to fight Joshua, at least in the meantime. Just do the right thing and fight Usyk. I mean, that's, that is the most interesting option for Fury right now outside of the, the you know, the Joshua fight. Uh, all right. Anything else? No, sir. All right. So at night we had Roman Gonzalez challenging Juan Francisco Estrada. Now where we last left off in the saga of these two guys is that I thought Gonzalez clearly won the second fight. And it was a fight where like neither guy showed off a ton of off or defense. But it seemed to me like Estrada was frequently like um, not getting the better of the exchanges, of which there were many exchanges. It's a good fight. Third time around, we expected to see much of the same thing, and we didn't. Um, this was the first fight that they had that I didn't think was like you know a barn burner. I didn't think it was a great fight, um, and th that was because there's two things that happened here. Either Roman Gonzalez, well, they both. Let's just be clear. These are both over thirty fly, you know, over thirty year old flyweights. They're these are not this. These are not the same guys we saw four years ago, uh, or three years ago, even two years ago. They are over the hill. They're not the same guys that they used to be. But Gonzalez might not be anywhere close to what he was before. Started very slow. They they both look slower, but he looked like significantly slower than we've seen in the past. That's one side of it. The other side is that Estrada's defense has made a return. Estrada has at times in his career been a pretty decent defender for the lower weight classes. And he had it going for the first half of that fight and was making uh, Gonzalez hesitant. He was countering him. He was making him miss. I mean, there were times where uh, Gonzalez, you know, a great counterpunch or not, well, a great counterpuncher too, but a great combination thrower. And he was throwing like six punch combinations and maybe one would sneak in. You know, but he, he had some trouble with Estrada early. Towards the second half of the fight, though, Estrada's legs slowed down and it allowed um, Gonzalez to, like, you know, plant his feet and get these combinations off. And it wound up being very competitive. But the last couple of rounds, Estrada dug down, was able to move and box really well. And, you know, when the you know i think he won two of the last three rounds to secure the win 
Um, so yeah, he he got the win. I think Estrada definitely earned it this time. There's probably going to be a fourth, but at this point, I think it's really clear which way this is going. And um, the only the only reason why I can see that they're they do it again, it's like they really think that Gonzalez at some point is going to win clearly, and it's clear to me at this point at least that he is not. So that's kind of how the fight played out. Um, but I have a take on this and it is that I don't know if Bam, you know, cause Bam is, you know, the next guy up, I guess. I don't know that he can ascend to the level that Roman Gonzalez has gone, gotten to. And I don't think people really appreciate this fact of like where 115 and 112 was at before Gonzalez and where it's at now. And like, that is all off of the back of Roman Gonzalez. Like, do you recall in all of your time on message boards and, and social media, whatever, Facebook, do you recall a time before Roman Gonzalez where people were like really having these types of discussions out in the open about, you know, flyweights? No, absolutely not. And I could be wrong, but like, you know, like, do you recall any names that like rung out in the streets? The only guy that was like a midget fighter that people <laughs> like to talk about, to my recollection, was Ivan Calderon. Mm-hmm. But it was more about him like approaching Mayweather's record or whatever. And it's not, I don't even like calling it a record because it's not a record, but like being like getting to like, some undefeated like 40 you know or 50 you know or whatever Ivan Calderon was doing at the time I I remember you know Yvonne Calderon would get like comments about like how he was the the lower weight class Mayweather and stuff like that and then just as his name it felt to me like was really starting to like he was maybe getting closer to to a breakthrough or more fans would like know him and then he fought Giovanni Segura, and then Segura just beat the hell out of him. And it was like, well, uh, yeah, back to back to the shadows you all go. Um, but yeah, I, like Gonzalez, but I brought that up because it's like Roman has brought a level of fame that I think, one, was not there before, but two, I think is mostly a, like based on him because I don't like the flyweights clearly didn't pop for HBO. They're out of business. And I don't think that they're working for DAZN in terms of like bringing eyeballs in. It does bring a hardcore like fan base in. But the one guy who I think is kind of the exception is Roman Gonzalez. I think he was able to draw decent enough numbers. I remember one card that he had headlined did like 700,000 average viewers, which was really good. Um, for uh you know somebody north or south of 126 and so anyway my point is that like i don't know that flyweight stays as like mainstream or like yeah i guess mainstream without roman because i I'm, I'm thinking that we're we might be towards the end for him what's well, like interesting because like roman popped off on hbo right mm-hmm. triple g popped off on hbo yeah these are two, like, again, like a lot of people aren't going to remember because they weren't there. Midget boxing was never popular before uh, Chocolatito, or however you say it, 
And like Euro fighters, there none were popular before Triple G. And you have to ask that question. Like, will anyone be able to do it again? Like they're trying with like, what's this clown at, at top rank has? Uh, he's, he's, I mean, it's not happening with him. It's not even worth bringing him up. It's not happening. Well, it, I, I guess you could say, well. They're so, trying though. They're trying this Kazakh style guy. He sucks. Whoever runs his Instagram, if you're listening to this, you suck. Change your whole approach, bro. You're <laughs> he, uh, yeah, his, his Instagram is, or not Instagram, but Twitter. That I is bet. probably too. His Twitter is really cringe. But uh, I mean, he's, he's a good fighter. Um, but that 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 ins that Twitter persona is just trash. But um, like he's like the like the Bizarro Jordanis Ugas, where Ugas is nothing but humble and good vibes and like you know all of that stuff. This dude is just like you know an an antagonist, but in the cringiest way. Um, but I I'm trying to think like were there Europeans? I don't know. There 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 had to have been Felix Sturm. Ooh. There was none. He beat Oscar's like, ass. Like Klitschko is probably like the closest you'll get, but besides... no, Klitschko. Klitschko was even bigger than Golovkin. Be, don't sleep on Klitschko's numbers. Klitschko brought numbers. Okay, so besides Klitschko, there's no one, man. Like go wait, go go by weight class. There was no one at light heavyweight. There was no one at. There was no one at super middleweight there's no one at middleweight there's no one at welterweight there's no one at 54 there's no one at like 35 there's none all right like you're just you're just gonna my favorite and this this guy was from australia i think or like new zealand i like michael katsidis a lot he was mad entertaining michael katsidis yeah that that dude you knew what you were getting with him There, there was no special effects with him that was just like pure he'd be like the equivalent of like that like a linebacker it's like nah this this dude he just runs through walls that's all he does don't don't teach him no scheme you like don't teach him no zone like like you remember troy palomalu like troy just did what they didn't even call plays for him he's just like no nah, troy just goes after the ball that was michael katsidis <laughs> um but yeah back to back to the fight i think well i i just i, I bring this all up because it's like I don't know if people are really appreciating the the influence that Roman Gonzalez has put on on the world of boxing, and I mean, like, sure, HBO gets credit for that. I mean, they're the ones that took the risk and uh, began to market this guy. Um, but yeah, I, I I just I'm curious to see because I I don't know, but I mean, do, does if Bam doesn't like let's let's say Bam loses, I don't which I don't think is happening, but let's say he loses. Or he just doesn't really, you know, pop off and reach that level of popularity to, to headline cards the way Roman did. Um, you know, we we may be entering the dark ages on the casual level. Let's let, let's let's make that distinction clear because, like, if you're listening to this, there's a really good chance that you're just a hardcore fan, and probably most of you are hardcore fans actually. So, like, this is all a moot point for you. But like in terms of like casuals, you know, maybe going dark for a while. Um, very, very possible. I know that you were a big fan of uh, the Swede Sven Ott. I mean, does he even fight on anything like HBO, Showtime? Like, I don't even Sven. I, I, I couldn't even pick him in a lineup. Sven. Yeah, you don't know who Sven Ott. 
Otka is? Man, I know who he is, like, by name. I don't know what he looks like. You, dude, he had to have fought on HBO before. I checked his box rec. I don't remember it. All right. Actually, uh, looking at his um, his lineup, there's no shot that he ever really fought on HBO. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, there's no there's no Euro fight. Like, dude, I mean, like, even Joe Calzaghe. Joe Calzaghe was like, it took for him to be a little bit older, like, to fight old Roy and old D-Hop. So I, I, nah, I don't really... dude. His hairline looked like Andre Ward's by the time he made his HBO debut. <laughs> and I'm talking modern-day Andre Ward. No, no, this is the golden age of boxing. You guys need to realize this, okay? Um, Sven Ock won his first title in 1998, the IBF super middleweight title. This dude wound up unifying titles and basically retired in 2004 un, without losing. In that time, fought exactly zero times outside of Germany. Probably never got on American TV. You can't do that anymore. Like one, you can't be a champion for five years and not have one of your fights televised. But two, you can't just hang out in like Germany and just defend your title like like in the good old days. That was the, the the days were being hardcore, like there was mystery to it. Well, the thing is like there's um there's so many platforms now that like everyone is gonna get a shot, you know? It's like participation trophies. You used to have to earn your TV. This dude had two titles and HBO and Showtime were still like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of that? Like a unified chat, like uh, who's unified right now? Like if you're Stephen Fulton and you go to like Showtime or 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 Fox or ESPN, like he's like, I got two titles. I got the WBO and I got the WB whatever. It's WBC. They're like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it would be just like like Triple G, bro. To be honest, like completely honest, like I, I wonder who was like popping in 2004 that Sven announces retirement immediately after the fight. This dude, he also retired with the 17% KO ratio. My man was out here putting in rounds. That's why he retired. Uh, all right. Um, Julio Cesar Martinez almost got outboxed by uh, his Spanish opponent. That guy is not that guy. Julio Cesar Martinez Anyone with some movement and a decent enough jab is going to, you know, probably win eight rounds pretty easily off of them. Uh, so, yeah, not much to talk about there. Uh, let's get into some of the news. Um, and man, we got a lot of fights this weekend. Do you, do you know what we got this weekend? The most janky promotion of all time. Absolutely correct. We have the return of Manny Pacquiao, but we'll talk about that in just a bit. Um, all right, so there was some pretty big news that came out. I don't know if you you uh saw it in the chat. I posted it in the chat. There's a new player possibly coming into boxing. Do you know who it is? Uh, did we discuss it already or no? No, I, not privately, but I posted it in the chat. I don't know if you, you saw it. I didn't see it. All right, so it's the WWE, the WWE, yeah. So there was this like um um 
like an investor sort of, I don't know, one of them corporate things. And and they were talking and they they referenced their earnings call, their investor call. And they're like, look, the possible area for our the, the growth of our business is in mergers and acquisitions. We think that there's um, room for the company to really grow into something with a with the with the right merger or acquisition, blah, blah, blah. Then this week they came out and said it. We're looking at boxing acquiring companies or they didn't say companies they say there are championships in boxings that we believe that we could consolidate and um they kind of gave an anecdote about how vince mcmahon uh consolidated power in the world of wrestling by effectively combining all of the territories that existed and creating what for largely their entire existence has now been a monopoly in the world of wrestling. How would you feel about the WWE potentially making some acquisitions within boxing? I'm good on, uh, we need less entrance in boxing. I'm like tired of it. No, no, like I don't, it's just crazy that so many people think they can just come into boxing and like make it work. It's like frustrating. Because it just waters down the product. People get paid that shouldn't. Like, fights don't happen that should. And we lose. It's just a big waste of time. Like, I want boxing to go back to, like, PBC and top rank only days. That's, like, my big hope. Well, to, to me, I mean, what they're saying, no matter how you, you say it, whether you take her literally that they want to combine the titles, um, or they want to buy up companies, neither is going to happen. I mean, you cannot consolidate the titles really because, I mean, you're effectively going to convince two nonprofits and two for-profit companies uh, in you know the WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO. You're effectively going to get them to give up their business and in two of the cases, a nonprofit. Like, that's actually not, it's not possible. Right. And so, um, and then also from a legal perspective, that is not possible as well. Um, buying up the companies is interesting, but I don't think it really matters because, like, if you if you think about it, in the U.S., the two major companies are PBC and Top Rank. Um, I I think both could be had for the right price, but the only way you really do what they're talking about, which is a major consolidation is if you buy both. And I don't know like that, that is, first of all, if you buy PBC, like that doesn't mean you get the fighters, like the fighters aren't all like, they're not employees. And I think that might even be the same with top rank. Um, and so I wonder like, you know, what, what is their plan if they think that they're going to come in and like make purchases? Uh, that doesn't always, that's, that's just not going to give you everything. Um, and like, yeah, the other part was like consolidation. Like the only way you actually gain significant influence in the sport is with the combination of those two companies. And then you have, you know, a lot of basically, at least in the U S I'm talking about, you know, you have, stragglers but you have everything you need so i thought it was a really interesting that they're looking for particularly boxing and i think 
maybe they're looking at the Logan or not, well, I guess the Logan Paul and the Jake Paul stuff, and maybe that's the, an area where they're looking at. But um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you though. I think we need less people in boxing. Um, we're, we've we kind of tapped out the sport, and I, we said this in 2018, and it's just as true today. As the new players come into boxing, and each person tries to, you know, take a little bit of the pie and start to have their own little fiefdom, it only serves to water down the product because they may get a few names, but they're the cards aren't always like they don't fight every card. And the whole card can't be those three guys or four guys or whatever it is. You got to have other guys. And now we're really scraping the bottle of the barrel in terms of like guys who are on TV fighting on undercards um, and then also finding their opponents. It is, is getting grim and more entrance into boxing is just not good at this point for like the, the way the product looks on TV. Um, okay. There was that. Um, any news you want to talk about? Um, trying to think. I mean, I feel like no, you know, like I think we're just waiting for, we're either waiting for fights to get announced or we're waiting to get, you know, deeper into 2023 so we could get Caleb Plant versus Benavidez or Tank versus uh, the, the other Garcia or if Errol decides to fight someone. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. We don't know, but. It's like a lot of speculation for me right now. Um, all right, so let's let's keep moving. I thought I thought maybe you had some news that you were since we do a pod that you like you've been holding on to. Uh, we haven't like talked one, about one like fight, I, huh? We haven't talked about a fight. There's no fights to really talk about. Like I don't think we've talked about Tank versus Hector Garcia. Uh, I mean. I, maybe when we get a little bit closer, like to the fight, but you know, is there is what's there to say, really? Well, I, what there is to talk about is like, was is this the right move for Tank to be taking as a tune-up? In my opinion, no. Why not? Like, th- this goes into a deeper thing, and I, I'm just gonna put it out there. Whatever. I am a I. I'm so not a fan of Tank's decision to leave Mayweather Promotions. Now, like, a lo- like, you'll have people that, like, are happy about it. And you'll have people that say, why do you think he should stay with Mayweather Promotions when he could just work with Al? My thing is this. Say what you want about Mayweather Promotions. But the reality is, Leonard Ellerby has been in this industry for 20 to 30 years. It's a long, long time. It's a lot of experience. That's a lot of like knowledge of the industry, knowledge of marketing, knowledge of matchmaking that goes beyond what most boxing people know. And I think that Tank feels that, and I, I think his team believes this also, they feel that they've matured and they're ready to walk on their own too. But I don't I I don't think I don't think anyone is really ready for that in boxing. Because boxing is such a shady and crazy sport that you can never know what the hell is going on. And to have a guy like LRB in your corner, it it it, it gives you the most like preparedness 
or a guy like Aram, theoretically. And as much as I love Al Heyman, Al is a business guy. He's not like, like he's not on the ground making sure shit is okay. He just does business and that's it. And so I say all that to say, Hector Garcia could end up being a tough ass fight for Tank, especially if you're like, you're leading into, uh, like that's your lead into Ryan. Like that's, that's not, that's not like, a, that's not a easy, that's a banana peel, man. And not only that, the truth is, as much as I love Tank, Tank is not Floyd. Tank is not Ward. Those are the only two guys that I would 100% trust in, like, any scenario to, like, execute. Do you trust Tank that much? Um, I don't know. I think it's possible that we can trust him. Um, I mean, Tank has shown that he's got some special gifts in and out but of the ring. It's beyond physical. <clears throat> it's, the, like, the mental. It's the focus. Like, Floyd was, like, Floyd would be locked. Floyd is, doing, is the Terminator. But that's what I'm saying. He would be locked in doing Dancing with the Stars. He'd be locked in doing a case. He'd be locked in, like, with the jail pending. There was nothing that could distract Floyd. Didn't matter. Andre Ward, as goofy as I think he is, as a fighter, he could not be distracted. It did not matter what he had going on. Lawsuit with Goosen. Knee issues. Like, fans hating whatever andre ward is going to show up and be 10 out of 10 every time i don't trust anyone in boxing like that right now the yeah. closest was the closest was wilder and and wilder got caught in a whole different thing well and also wilder just didn't have the fundamentals that these two dudes had i mean the focus is one thing but you know ward and floyd both had like they had that backup plan where it's like, you know, they they went to school, they 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 could fall back on like the skills to just keep them in a fight and then but let them lock in and you see something special. Does Floyd or does Tank have that? You know, it's hard to say at this point, you know, because he's still pretty early in his career. We had, you know, 20 years for Floyd and, and Andre Ward to make that assessment about them. So it, it's kind of hard to say. I think um, about him leaving Mayweather promotions. But, yo, but, it, it, but is it hard to say? Like, how many times did Floyd or Ward come in overweight? How many times did, like... Hey, Floyd missed weight on a pay-per-view. Which one? The Marquez fight. Yeah, I got that you. That was a catch right? Uh, yeah, he, dude missed weight on a catch weight. He never lost a title on the scale. <laughs> True. Um, but anyway, um, the, you know, about him leaving Mayweather promotions, I, I, I think that there's more going on than we know right now in ter with Mayweather promotions. I don't think that this is all a tank issue. Um, but I don't know enough about the, inf the, the, the situation to really be speculating. I just, I just don't have a, f my feeling is something is going up there that, you know, it may not have all to do with Tank. But I think also for Tank, he don't want to be on a promotional contract anymore. And this is what some, a lot of people don't really understand that I hear. is like, oh, he should take this offer, this offer. It's like, no, you don't understand that there's a difference when you promote yourself and how much more money you get than when you're sharing your money with the promoter. You got to pay a fee to the promoter because the promoter, you hire the promoter. That's what people don't understand. 
the promoter works for you. You sign a contract with them and their job, because the fighters are all independent. The promoter's job, just like the manager's job is to manage you, your promoter's job is to promote you. And so the promoter got to take a cut because they don't work for free. That's the incentive of being a promoter. And when you your own promoter, well, then, you you know, the responsibility falls on you to promote yourself, which, you know, in the case of Tank, that's what he wants. And that's what Floyd and Oscar made so, you know, they made the case. It's like, look, this is the way you do business. This is how you become not just a big star in boxing, but you also become the top earner in boxing is you got to operate this way. That's what Tank wants. I think Tank sees that it's like, look, you're taking part of my money that I could be having. And so that's that's really what's at play here. I think it's mostly a money thing. I mean, d- does this wind up being a bad decision because the the money that he was you know paying out to, to Mayweather Promotions were they doing such a good job on him that he's even in this position to make this decision? I can hear that out. Um, you know, I definitely think that that's a valid argument to make. But from Tank's perspective, I think it completely makes sense that he don't. He's at the point where he doesn't need a promoter anymore. I'm not mad at him having not having a promoter, but I do think you keep Ellerby at, in some capacity. Like I don't, I don't trust the guys on Tank's team to do what Ellerby can do and has see, and see the things that he's seen. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, you you can't replicate. The years and years. I mean, it's like saying, you know, can you replicate Bob Arum's years and years of experience uh, with sanctioning body politics? You know, well, actually, I shouldn't have said that uh, because Bob Arum's got a checkered history with the the with with that. But let's just say, you know, in terms of promoting and stuff like that, you know, you, you can't really replace Bob Arum's knowledge. I mean, that that's that dude's got fifty years. Uh, Those things. That, that he there, there's more that he's forgot than most people active right now know currently and so yeah um I, I don't know we'll see you know let's say tanks star continues to progress at the rate is progressing well then this clearly is the, the right decision because he'll be going where he was going to go anyway but also get paid more that's that's the that's what he's banking on i would imagine at least um yeah so let's let's move on. Um, you know, the tank tank's been posting and deleting tweets. It's, it's almost not even worth talking about. People, real quick, real quick, I'll tell you what he's banking on because I listen to his team members. They think they can do what Mayweather Promotions can do, and I think it's I think it's silly. And it, you know, it's crazy because like as much as top rank irritates me. I see why they do some of the things they do. Like, for example, right? Top rank for their most popular fighters, they will either give you their in-house trainer. And if they if, if it's like past the point of giving you their in-house trainer, who is like Kay Karoma right now, they will compromise your trainer. And so they'll give your they'll give your trainer like mad other fighters, or they'll give your trainer announcing jobs. Or they'll give your manager mad other fighters. And in turn, like, it it puts your team in a position where, like, they don't want to go against top rank. Yeah. And that, it's like, you you know, it's, it's a shame. 
in life, this happens. You try to treat someone like the right way and it ends up like working against you. Like, I think, I, I actually do think there was a time where Floyd tried to get rid of Calvin, but it didn't happen. And who knows what Calvin's telling Tank in like the background. Like, oh, we don't need Floyd. Like, what does he know? We, 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 we got this far without him. What do we need him now for? And so it's, it, it's like a catch 22, you know? No, I, I understand that. Like, um, you want to have, and, and it, I mean, I under, I get it. Like, you want to ha- make sure that you have as much influence as you have, especially over a you know a fighter like Tank, who is like largely you know superstar level. You want to have you you you, you got to have your sources up in there, and whatever influence you can get, you want to put in there. Um, and Top Rank does a really good job at this because they understand that like you got to have their ear one way or the other, and you can't always count on you know, somebody just giving you their word that they're loyal when, you know, that may not be the truth. So, yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, maybe they're right. I don't know. Maybe they're right. Maybe they can do what Mayweather promotion has done. But what I will say is that looking at the history, it is not hard to promote, or it is not easy to promote fights. We've had people, I mean, you had people, Mike Tyson couldn't get anything when, when he had his Iron Mike promotions, could not get anything more than a Friday night fight state and had to sell like two years after the, the experiment started. There's real deal promotions. Where's that at? You got Vander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, two of the most popular heavyweights of the past 30 years. And those dudes could not succeed in the promotional game. Countless others. And by the way, they hired experienced people in the sport. You have, um, uh, what's his name? Jay-Z come in with Rock Nation. And, and again, they hired experienced promoters in the sport and they could not make it work. It's because there's only a few that are pretty good at this that can keep this uh, keep it going. And those guys are not easy to replace. So can it work for Tank and his team? Maybe. But I don't think it's that they don't got a lot of history on their side is what I'll say. Um, all right. Let's see. Is there anything else that we should talk about here? I, I also think that the the Hector Garcia fight is like wildly ambitious. Garcia is at a minimum. So here's the thing um, that and, and it, I think the same applies for Spence. If like the goal is still to fight Crawford but he takes the Stan Yonis fight in the interim. I think the same thing applies for Hector Garcia and Tank. It's that it's clear that who the favorite's going to be. And like most people would not bet against Tank losing or Spence losing. But not all wins are the same. And I think sometimes when you have something bigger along the line, it's not enough to get a tune-up and just win that tune-up. You got to factor in the miles you're putting on yourself and how tough the fight is going to be. And for Tank, Hector Garcia may not be the easy fight that he thinks it is. Even if he knocks him out in the seventh round and it's brutal and this dude is asleep, I don't think that those six rounds before the knockout are going to be easy. I don't think that Hector Garcia is not going to be pushing this dude around and, and making him work. 
even so even if tank wins every round i don't think it's going to be easy rounds and that shit counts it, it definitely wears a fighter out and that's why dudes like you know who are competing at the elite level they don't fight six times a year they don't fight four times a year they fight two times a year it's because these fights at the high levels they push you you have to push yourself in training and you have to get the best sparring that you could get which you know is wear and tear and then the fights aren't easy either even in victory so that's why i don't think that hector garcia fight is you know i i think it could be potentially very tough for tank um ryan says that he's fighting too in january by the way but no sign of a date yet and we would we're starting to be at the point we're like less than six weeks out so i'm curious what if anything that they announce for ryan garcia all right um i think we've talked enough here let's wrap it up right here anything any final thoughts you want to give just waiting for these announcements man whatever the announcements are i look forward to them like we don't know we don't really know what top rank is doing we don't really know what pbc is doing so we got we got a little taste of what top ranks got they, they're going to do the better be versus yard fight which i think is a cool fight um but i think better be is going to put this dude in the dirt I, I don't i don't understand if it's like a gimmick or something why people think anthony yard is like not the dude that got beat by sergey kovalev I mean, people want to, you know, whatever. It's just like, people like the gimmick of Anthony Yard. That's all it is. I am mad at that. If you just say it's a gimmick, I, I'm down with it. And, and I, I, I usually support the gimmicks. So that's fine with me. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all they got announced for next year. But, I mean, they're decent enough. I mean, no, right. they got Tio they got and... Uh, oh, shit. I forgot to talk. We forgot to mention the fights coming up this weekend. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, this weekend... It's been a while. We're a little rusty. Uh, Josh Warrington versus Luis Lopez. Put your money on Luis Lopez. I can't see this dude losing the fight. Um, Terrence Crawford versus David Avanesian on BLK Prime. Um, we've done a lot of podcasts on that on the Patreon feed. So if you want some some, you want to hear a little bit about that mess, head over to our Patreon. And then uh, Tiafimo versus Jose Pedraza on ESPN Plus. Um, which fight do you think is the most compelling? Oh, and then Manny Pacquiao versus DKU. Uh, that's an exhibition. But um, of these four fights, order them from most want to watch to least want to watch. Least is Pacquiao and DKU. So I'm like, I'm cool on that. <laughs> so let's start there. Then go to most. Uh, you know, I'm so sour on the whole Terrence Crawford thing that like, I'm not even gonna like I don't even want to stream it. I'll you know keep I'll stay aware of what's happening. But it's it's just uh, I'm not a fan of how he handled the whole thing. I'll pay attention to Teofimo and uh Sandor just to see. I'm curious how Teo's power is gonna translate at 140. I mean, he's back to talking like he's a lunatic. Um his name will ob- obviously carry weight. And he'll be a player, but if that power doesn't translate, it's not looking good for To at 140. So he didn't look great in his last fight. I'll give it. I'll, you know what? Like I thought that guy he fought was a little tough. So I'll, 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 I'll like I'll reserve judgment until we see the Sandor joint. 
If okay. he looks the Fair. same way against Sandor, then I'll be like, all right, <clears throat> like, EO 140 is shaky. All right, let me let me provide you guys with the one through four most want to watch to least want to watch. Number one, Manny Pacquiao versus DKU. <laughs> I don't care what you guys say. One is Manny Pacquiao. Two, Floyd's exhibitions has been very fun. Um, there, it, it's really funny seeing these guys who've been like a, a Floyd who's been so great in his career and show up and have a good time. It's a completely different side of them. But then you get they get in the ring, you know, in Floyd's case, and he's still like, holy shit, this guy is still really good at what he does. So, and for Manny Pacquiao, I think that there's a good chance that Manny's going to get hit with a punch. And Manny is going to counter and hurt this guy on accident. I So that is what I want to see. I want to see Manny Pacquiao potentially get hit, have a flashback, and uh, wail on some dude. I'm all for it. And, and he might because Floyd messes with these guys until they start throwing live rounds. And once they throw a live round, Floyd throws, throws them back. And then it, it gets really ugly very fast. So that's number one. Number two, Josh Warrington versus Luis Lopez. I like Luis Lopez a lot. I don't know how good he is, but I know he's good enough to at least be competitive with Josh Warrington, but I think he's good enough to beat him. He's also just a good action fighter. And Josh Warrington, whatever you want to say about him over the course of his career, he's been entertaining. So this fight, I think, is going to be very good. Three, Tiafimo versus Jose Pedraza. Uh, I have always had a soft spot for Jose Pedraza. Um, maybe it was because like during the with time, the yeah, during the time he was a prospect, he was the one prospect that wasn't with anyone major. And so he kind of flew under the radar um, until I think he, I think he was under the radar basically until he fought tank. You know, he got, I think he got the title from Michael Farinas. Farinas fought on HBO before he did. Um, and so, yeah, I've always kind of had a soft spot for Pedraza, who went, you know, he got that title and still wasn't even getting on TV. Uh, and then lastly, the fight I least want to watch, but the, the the aspect of me that does want to watch it is not even to see the fight, but it's just to see how big of a clusterfuck it is, is Crawford Avenisian. That is my order of importance for this weekend. I ain't mad at it. The so, clusterfuck yeah. will definitely be clusterfucking. That's for sure. <laughs> Hey, if it happens, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen too. But I just want to point out there that the Nebraska commission puts events on their calendar. You know, I'm assuming when they got them scheduled, they got it. They're they're continually putting events on their calendar. Like they just recently put an event for some something next year. Last I checked, Terrence Crawford versus David Avanesian is not on their calendar. So we either about to have an unsanctioned fight or somebody is really slacking. And I'm leaning towards the former more so than the latter. I don't know how many tickets they're selling. Was it, was it, I think you sent it. Was it for real that the tickets were on Groupon? Yeah. Like they had them like on all these like weird coupon websites and stuff. I, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know. Terrence Crawford has done like, when when Jay Z was like, I was gonna nine eleven them, but they did it to themselves. 
<laughs> or you know he said no he says i was in the 9-11 then with the pen or something like that like that that is what he was talking about what terrence crawford has done to go from fighting errol spence or even just a, a tune-up against i don't know like a keith thurman or something before the spence fight to do what he's done has just been like career suicide Nah, no no fighter has ever torpedoed their like value more Ooh. than terrence crawford has to my knowledge no, remember when we were talking about like um, what Tank's team thinks and how he, they think they could do what Mayweather Promotions was doing? Yes. More or less, right? This is a good example of when that shit goes wrong because Terrence Crawford, top rank has at worst a very capable PR team. That's at the worst. But, you know, if we're going to, we're not going to be haters. They're pretty damn good at what they do. They know what they want to do, and they execute it. And the only time that they fuck up, usually you could blame the fighter, like Edgar Berlanga. But they put that they put him in position to succeed. Anyway, I bring that up because Terrence Crawford thought it was so easy, and to come out here and like win the the in the court of public appeal. But what he is realizing is like, damn. Terrence or, or top rank really did a great job protecting this dude's image and saving him from himself because he continually buries himself. He's fighting on this fucking pay-per-view this weekend against a guy nobody's heard of and nobody wants to see him fight. And then their, their, his response is that, well, people are broke. Stop hating, just buy it. And it's like, well, that, that's just, it's not the greatest sales pitch, um, you know, if we're really thinking about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up right there. If you like our podcast, you want to hear more content, um, you know, on a more variety of, of subjects or, well, boxing subjects, head over to patreon.com slash Sunday Puncher. Uh, you also get access to our... Is this, is this our... the AI speaking or is this you? <laughs> it's clearly me speaking because uh, I, I should ask the AI to to give us an outro too. Um, and, and please discuss uh, or... or um, let me know how you thought our AI did. If I should uh, find some other things for the AI to do for the podcast to help us out. Otherwise, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. R- leave a rating or review if you like it. If not, you know, whatever. Um, I'll just have the AI write it for you, right? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I, I just got more ideas for the AI, but I'm just going to share with you after. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.